You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Yeah, so Madison, tell me about the mountains really quick. Um, The mountains were magical. They were fabulous. Um, I don't think any of the pictures and videos I posted did it anywhere near the justice that it deserved. Um, It was very much refreshing and very much needed. And I want to go back. (laughs) Did you eat any gummy bears at all? Actually, wait, yes. How did you know that? Um, (laughs) Well, wait, 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 wait. What type of gummy bears are we talking about here? The Haribo ones. Oh, God. (laughs) You were in Colorado. Come on now, Madison. (laughs) No, 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 no. Not those kinds of gummy bears. (laughs) I went to a a candy shop, and they had $1 bags of those Haribo gummy bears, and I said, yep. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Finished the whole bag in one day. It was fantastic. I'm so glad that I hit record on all this, so this is going to be... I am, too. I'm keeping it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, everybody, welcome to the OKC82 podcast. This is Brady Trantham. With me on the phone is Miss Madison Morris, fresh off of her Colorado excursion trip where she ate regular gummy bears. Um, Yeah, everybody, yeah, this week's been kind of weird. I mean, last week was weird because, obviously, Russell Westbrook was traded to the Rockets, so that's weird. Um, but, but obviously Monday was a little bit hectic for, uh, me and for Chisholm who's still on vacation. So we had to do push our Monday pod to Tuesday. And because I didn't want to put out podcasts back to back, um, and it also worked out better for Madison's schedule. Our Wednesday pod is now on Thursday, which, uh, is still good because now we'll have our franchise thunder insider show on Saturday, two days from now. So yay, everything worked out for the best. Uh, the Russell Westbrook trade, knocked us off our axis and we're still trying to get back on center yeah that was okay that was a little bit crazy because i have been without service all day yeah were were you were you in colorado at the time i can't remember the timelines yes i was i was still okay so i was in my first part of the trip where we did um hiking every single day and so we would leave at six in the morning and we wouldn't get back until about five o'clock in the afternoon and so i got back and as soon as my phone hit service, it was just like, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? And I was like, wait, what did I miss? And so everything, not even just like Twitter, but it was like ESPN, SportsCenter, everything was just coming into my phone. And it was Russell Westbrook traded, Russell Westbrook gone, Russell Westbrook to Houston. And I'm like, what? I mean, that wasn't like the biggest shock because we had talked about this. And like this was kind of – like something that a lot of people saw coming but didn't really want to see. Yeah, it was happen. just it was just a matter of when it was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And like that was just crazy because I think I regained service that day and it had happened maybe like 20 minutes beforehand, so everything was still new. It wasn't like I had that much catching up to do, but I was just like, "What?" It that that was pretty crazy. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm wondering because like at the time and uh, Chisholm and I talked about this on the Tuesday pod. Um, <laughs> when the trade went down, the, like I was in Vegas, I was watching the meaningless Thunder uh, Trailblazers game. Uh, when the trade went down, with the way the trade was structured, Chris Paul for Russ Westbrook plus some first round picks, of course, um, 
with the way the trade was was structured, with the way the reporting was going, outside of the athletics saying that, no, the Thunder actually want to keep Chris Paul for this season. They want to remain competitive. You know, a lot of it was just, okay, Chris Paul's about to get flipped. Houston wanted to try and find a third te- to find a third team to take on Chris Paul. Uh, they couldn't find one, so they just went ahead and said, Oklahoma City, that's on you now. Um, so I'm just curious, Madison, did you did that all get law? Like, how long did it take you to fully understand? Because, like, understanding Russell is gone is, is kind of easy. We were prepared for it. But did you ever find yourself kind of like, wait, is Chris Paul on the Thunder or is he going somewhere else? Because I would imagine if I came out of service um, right like an hour after that, I would be so confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was a little bit confused because obviously Chris Paul has a little bit of a reputation right now for just being a guy who doesn't even play half the season. He's weathered. He's a little bit older. Um, he's just a guy that's had to deal with a lot of injuries and not – he's not exactly viewed as like this phenomenal asset like he used to be viewed as. And so when the news broke that Russell was going to Houston and Oklahoma city was acquiring Chris Paul, people were just kind of like, yeah, this would have been exciting maybe like seven years ago, but now this is just kind of like a, what? Like, are you kidding? You're going to give up Russell Westbrook and just bring on a, a guy that's just geriatric now. It's just, it kind of seemed a little like this was a big mistake and what in the world is Sam Presti thinking? But I I don't know. At the same time, um, yeah, I've kind of like read a little bit into it. I have definitely caught up on Twitter. I've caught up on articles. Um, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Chris Paul is just here for maybe like a little portion of the first of the season and then he leaves and something else happens. Um, I mean, there's just so much possibility left with this team right now because things are never going to be set in stone throughout the season. I really do think uh, a lot more is going to happen. Um, I don't know if it's going to necessarily be anything major and big, but right now, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem totally crazy for Thunder fans to arrive at Chesapeake Energy Arena for the first home game, and Chris Paul is in the starting lineup. Like, that's not exactly the most bizarre thing in the world right now because he's still going to bring something to the table. He's still, uh, what was it, like a nine-time uh, all-star or something like that. He, He's just, he's a good player. He is, he's a guy that's really, I don't know, he could make a difference for the starting lineup right now, but, I mean, I don't think it's something to totally throw the dirt on yet just because... He may get out there before he gets hurt um, and do something phenomenal. He may fill some pretty big shoes. Who knows? But I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out, like, what my thoughts are on this whole Oklahoma City acquiring Chris Paul thing. But right now, it just it doesn't, like, rock my socks off, Brady. It doesn't rock my socks. Yeah, look, I, I was actually talking to some people uh, yesterday about the Russell Westbrook trade and how um, some fans just had the – they had the under, the understanding in in their minds at least that well if you're going to go into a season with a player that makes a lot all this money um, that's a little bit older that's kind of untradeable because I mean Russell Westbrook was he was this untradeable as Chris Paul is at this very moment the only difference was was there was one team who was who was very desperate to get off of his um, to to just basically get Russell Westbrook because. Um, I think at this point we can all kind of agree with those original reports that 
um, or from the uh, beginning of the offseason about how Chris Paul and James Harden weren't particularly happy with one another or with the playing style moving forward. So Houston was a desperate front office, and we'll get to this a little bit later once we get to our Twitter questions, as there's some that kind of go into this whole scenario. But um, it, it makes sense. But there were some fans that thought, okay, well, if you're going to go into the season with this much money on your point guard, that old, um, kind of kind of untradeable, why not just keep Russ? And um, I, I understand, you know, not everybody is as tuned in to the Thunder as like we are, Mass, and it's our job. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to talk down to anybody, but like just for clarification, um, Russell Westbrook did not want to be with the Thunder moving forward. He he did it in a in a manner kind of similar to what Paul George did, where he didn't cause a stink. He just simply you know said what he desired. Uh, Sam Presti probably, you know. I, I've been kind of joking for the last few weeks, like the last few days about how, you know, you think Sam Presti really is that upset with how all this has unfolded because Madison, we spent the entirety of the off season since Oklahoma city got eliminated in the first round four years ago that uh, we spent the entirety of the off season saying, yes, on paper, the thunder can compete. Like we have to do this, you know, the same song and dance over and over again about, yes, they're talented enough to compete, but you know, None, none of us, I think, truly believe that this team was capable, with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, capable of making a Western Conference Finals run unless there were some key injuries on other teams, unless everything just bounced right for the Thunder. It just wasn't in the cards. And um, so I've kind of joked, like, maybe Sam Presti just really didn't care about all this. Maybe he kind of, like, oh, shucks, I don't want to trade you, Paul. Oh, no, Russ, I don't want to get rid of you. Oh, man, I guess I'll just get this historic haul of draft assets and rebuild the team um, because I'm kind of good at that. No, like I joke about, I joked about it. I, w- I would imagine that Sam Presti was a little taken back by all this, especially with how quickly everything's happened. The roster is completely different. The trajectory is completely different. Who knows? But um, yeah, Russell did not want to be a part of the Thunder. You know, kind of coming back to the original point, Russell didn't want to be with the Thunder just because he's 31 years old. He's still a little bit in his prime. He he's a guy that still moves the needle. Um, he's an All Star in this league. Um, he wants to compete. He doesn't want to be a part of a rebuilding process. He doesn't want to have to hit the reset button again. He's already done that twice or once really in his career, going back to 2016. So uh, for the fans out there that are questioning if Sam Presti should have just held on to Russell Westbrook, he really had no choice. Now, yes, Russell is under contract. He was under contract with the Thunder. Presti could have pulled rank and said, oh yeah, I'm not trading you at all. But we've seen how those situations can play out, Madison, with uh, Anthony Davis last year with the Pelicans causing a stink and how that can really derail a season, especially when a season is already going to be bad. In in terms of you not winning a bunch of games or being that serious of contender, the last thing you want is your star player to say how he doesn't want to play there because it just makes everything ugly fan base is ugly uh the city gets a bad image it's just bad so presti really had no choice both parties did what they wanted ended the relationship amicably russell's going to be back with the thunder at some point in his career whether that's like a one-year deal he's always going to be remembered as a member of the oklahoma city thunder but i just wanted to get that out there uh really quick and for you madison uh, I just want to give you the floor, basically, to uh, in your in your words, because we haven't really heard you s- say anything about it publicly. Just what Russell Westbrook means to Oklahoma in your eyes. 
Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, I have so many thoughts, like, flowing through my head right now, so it might take me a second to gather them and actually put them into comprehensible words, but it, so first of all, yes, I want to touch on a point that you said, Brady, about how this, like, this roster is just, it just wasn't working in Oklahoma City. Obviously, two years ago, Paul George comes to Oklahoma City, and that was their opportunity to really be this phenomenal team. They had Carmelo Anthony, which I know people may snicker at that, but it, guy, it was great at the like, time. It was great. Yeah, everybody was, everybody agreed it was great. Yes, it was a very exciting thing for Oklahoma City to have someone like Carmelo Anthony. I mean, I had a poster of that guy when he was on the Nuggets hanging in my wall when I was like, oh my gosh, like nine years old. This was a big deal. I was freaking excited. And I know a lot of people share that excitement that I had. And so they had this incredible opportunity two years ago to just be this phenomenal powerhouse team and that didn't happen and so let's rewind again back to last season and no Carmelo Anthony but you still have a guy like Russell Westbrook you have a guy like Jeremy Grant who continues to evolve I said this in a tweet and he's just one of the most evolving players in the league right now in my eyes and that's why I think Denver got a hell of a deal by getting Jeremy Grant and so you also had Paul George you had Steven Adams you had I mean, Oklahoma City got Dennis Schroeder. Like, they just, they had a lot of talent in one team, and it just didn't work because there were other teams out there that were just playing better off of each other. They were playing smarter. They were playing more high energy. But I know people may say that Russell Westbrook always plays at high energy. Yeah, but if only one guy is playing with that amount of energy, it's not going to feed well into a team sport. But when you look at teams like Portland and you look at teams like Denver, who had such an incredible season as well, they're playing high energy off of each other. And that's why they were able to advance when it came to the finals. It's just, it's crazy. Or sorry, the playoffs, not the finals. But it was just, it was crazy how different these other teams were in my eyes because the Oklahoma City team that everybody got to see last season and the season before, including Russell Westbrook and Paul George. It just didn't work. So that's why I, I'm just I, – I'm going off of what Brady said by saying, yeah, like it just wasn't working. And even with that much talent on one team, they're not going to reach the Western Conference Finals. And so a change has to happen. And I kind of understand maybe like a little bit of the frustrations in Paul George and Russell Westbrook and how they are having this big desire to move on. Because, yes, what Brady said, Russell Westbrook does not want to be a part of a team – that is rebuilding and is having to just break in all these new guys. Like that's not what Russell Westbrook wants to do. He's been in the league for 11 years. I'd want to leave too. So that's why I'm just, yeah, it's just kind of crazy that it all happened, but I don't see why people are so shocked because that's just, that's part of this business. That's part of the NBA. That's part of why these guys do what they do. They're out there to win and to be a part of dynasties and to just really showcase their talents and do what they were born to do. And if it's on a team that's not allowing them to do that, or it's not giving them the chance to move forward and to evolve in the game, then leave, you know, that's just part of it. But also kind of what I wanted to say about Russell Westbrook is that I think that's going to be an incredible opportunity for him to move on. Yeah. I think change is good. There's so many guys in this league who have seen tons of different teams they move around every couple of years and they get traded like oh my god Kyle Korver bless his heart he's been on like what four teams this past season like 
things happen and that just that goes on like you have to just go on and play the game of basketball but Russell Westbrook has been in Oklahoma City for or at least like with the Oklahoma City organization slash Seattle for 11 years like that's crazy being with one team for that long and I know guys like Dirk have done it and they were successful at one point but Russell Westbrook has never tasted success here in Oklahoma City and so maybe it's just time to move on I, I was so, I was yeah. 17 when he was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> that just shows how Brady, or how I'm, old Brady I'm, is. Everybody, I'm 20. Account. Yeah, I'm 28. I'm about to turn 29 in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, like honestly, I think Russell Westbrook. He is going to be someone that people are very proud of here in Oklahoma City. That has been a guy who has really played a lot of heart and soul out on Chesapeake Energy Arena. He has been through a bunch of different rosters, and he's remained the same. He's remained loyal to Oklahoma City for over a decade, and that's honestly more than anyone could ask for in this league where guys are constantly just chasing success, chasing the lights, chasing the action, chasing the hustle and bustle of new cities. Like You have to really applaud Russell Westbrook for what he's done for the city. He's tried. He's done everything to bring Oklahoma City a championship and a title and just all this recognition, and it just hasn't worked. And so can you blame him for moving on? Like, it's just – it was just time for him. And so he's always going to be important to Oklahoma City. He's always going to be a huge asset to the Thunder organization. And, you know, this is not the last time people are going to see Russell Westbrook making appearances in Oklahoma City. Like, this is his home. He – He's going to be back. He's going to be loved forever by this uh, by this fan base. And so, I don't know. I just I respect the decision of him because I would do the same if I was in his position, honestly. And I, I mean, I'm for one, I'm not going to be the person that's bitter when he walks through the doors of Chesapeake Energy Arena wearing a different jersey. That's just going to be how it is. So, honestly, I'm a little eager to see how people react to him coming back. I'm sure it'll be just, oh my god, like. It's going to be lots an of event. Lots of emotions, but lots of like standing ovations and fans going crazy, and rightfully so. It's I gonna, mean, it's going to be the polar opposite of Kevin Durant's return, uh, <laughs> February twenty seventeen. It's yeah, it's that still gives me chills thinking about how loud that arena got with boo. Yeah, it that was that was a circus, but I understand Thunder fans why they they felt. Uh, the the need to share their emotions in that light like I don't blame them but it was a circus um yeah yeah you know it with Russell really quick uh, before we get a little further I, um you know especially like in the last week or so especially since Russell's been traded um you, we've seen all these conversations whether it be on ESPN or FS1 or just anybody with a social media Twitter account um, we've seen a lot of people kind of go back and say, you know, Sam Presti and the Thunder, they absolutely failed. They had Katie, Russ, Harden. Um, they traded Harden away after going to a finals. And then they had Katie and Russ for a few more years. And then they had Russ and Paul. And they have no championships to show for it. They failed. Like, boo, Oklahoma City. They suck. They failed. And look, competition, sports, it's it's results-based. So if you want to look at something, you know, with with just that, you you either you either won or you lost. If you won, that means you have the Larry O'Brien Trophy at the end of the year. If you lost, you are one of twenty nine other teams. So yes, Sam Presti failed, and in my opinion, it is somewhat of 
I don't even want to say a tragedy because that's way too silly and hyperbolic. People die every day. That's a tragedy. This is just basketball. But um, when, when you consider the talent, yes, it is incredibly regrettable that Sam Presti, the Oklahoma City Thunder, were never able to put it all together and get at least one championship. Now, there are reasons for that, some of them internal, whether it be trading away James Harden or not going all in like Chisholm um, says about Sam Presti at certain points with the roster, or external, whether that be injuries or Kevin Durant walking away. Um, There are reasons why the Thunder didn't get it, but I think with Russell, his legacy... Right now, in the short term, when we're living in the moment, yes, he's 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 criticized to the utmost. He's one of the most criticized players ever. Um, one of the most criticized players to ever not win a ring. Because, he, like, you think of guys that haven't won a ring, like the Thunder's current point guard, Chris Paul. That's always the thing with him is before his Houston run, he never made it to the to a conference finals. But he's still lauded for his play. He's still lauded for being a cerebral basketball player. That even if he doesn't win a title before he retires, yes, he's going to be like up. He's going to be mentioned like with Charles Barkley or Stockton or Malone as great players who never won a ring. But he's never going to receive the criticism that Russell Westbrook ever received in the middle of his career. I think Russ is somebody that's going to age really, really well. Um, his career and his legacy because you're just all we're going to be left with it are just the sheer amount of numbers that he was able to put up and no one's really going to care that much like the casual NBA fan now the basketball nerds and maybe that includes us Madison since it's our, since it's our job to kind of be basketball nerds um, the basketball nerds will remember and understand like his flaws as a player and how some of those flaws probably played into his inability to lead a team to a championship but to the casual NBA fan you're just going to be left with the numbers, the loyalty, the the attitude that he played with on the floor. All that's going to age really well, and all that's probably going to go to um, memories of him in an Oklahoma City Thunder uniform. Unless he wins two straight titles with the Rockets, you know, um, that's the only way that that legacy can kind of get tarnished a little bit in Oklahoma City's mind. But um, yeah, that's I, I think that's how it's probably going to play out with Russ in. Uh, once we get a few years down the road. Oh, no, yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's just, it's going to be a little bit surreal seeing him in a different jersey, but uh, I don't know. It might be interesting. We'll see how everything works out for him down in Houston. And I, I mean, I think I speak for a lot of people. I wish him nothing but success. That's That's an incredible player who has done a lot for one city, one team, and one fan organization. So... My hats are off to Mr. Westbrook, and I wish him well down. He's going to be reunited with the beard. Oh, my gosh. Yep, he's he's Houston's media's problem now. Okay, yeah. Since uh, since you brought that up. Just kidding, um, just kidding. No, I'm just kidding, but yeah. Good luck, Houston. Make make no mistake. Covering Russell Westbrook is an... Excuse me. Covering Russell Westbrook is an absolute honor. I mean, we we were in the presence of basketball greatness every single day, whether we walked into the Thunder's practice facility and saw him shoot, um, jacking up threes, um, whether we were talking to him in a scrum, or just, you know, being in the locker room with him. We were in the presence of basketball greatness, a Hall of Famer, and that's something that people that get to cover the NBA for a long time, you know, people that have covered the Phoenix Suns for the last eight, nine years... I mean, maybe Devin Booker becomes a Hall of Fame player at some point, but it, it, it's rare. And so I'm incredibly 
thankful for that experience. And yes, Russell is not very cool with the media, but I, I don't really take it seriously. That's just how he is. He has his reasons and it, he, he's not a bad guy. Like he's not a bad human being. So, um, I can't really say anything else bad about him except for sometimes professionally, he's kind of annoying, but again, <laughs> he's Houston's problem now, but, um, really quick. Um, and I guess like non OU fans that listen to our podcast are going to be kind of confused and maybe OSU fans understand. Uh, but OU's current quarterback, Jalen hurts. He's from Houston, Madison. And mm-hmm. every time I see like video of him, he's wearing like a Texans Jersey or a, a Houston Astros hat, like the old school one that I kind of want. And I'm really curious if he like d- pulls a power move this year and wears a red rockets, um, uh, number zero Westbrook Jersey. Just like, like so maybe, cool. maybe in public, like somebody needs to ask him if he's going to do that. Like Madison, if you get sent to a Lincoln Riley press conference, you need to, and uh, Jalen hurts is talking at the podium. You just need to straight up ask him. I will totally do that. I may be uh, ushered out. But... Why, why not? You just ask him, Hey, did you grow up a Rockets fan? Honestly, I feel like that would be such a great breakthrough question for me. Cause people would be like, who the heck is this girl? And I'll be like, hey. <laughs> I would just, I would just highly recommend you don't wear that orange jumpsuit that you wore to that press conference we went to last year. <laughs> I thought it was red. I am known to be colorblind, and this is no secret. I am severely colorblind, and I wore a shirt, or sorry, yeah, a jumpsuit or something that was, uh, I guess, very orange. I thought it was red. That's why I wore it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm at a OU press conference. I'm gonna wear this red jumpsuit. No, it was. It, it was orange, and I got a lot of crud for it. So no, not, I, I, I deserve that. Not only was it orange, but it had like you—you you had a cowgirl hat on. You had the tassels. Like you were wearing your OSU <laughs> palm uniform. Come on, don't lie. Okay, everybody, calm down. Like, now. Sorry, like, guys. Sorry, guys. I woke up like this. Um, <laughs> let us <laughs> let us easily transition to our Twitter questions, Miss Madison. Shall we? Let's do it. Yes, I'm ready. we've got quite a few. Um. Let me see here. I had these. This is great podcasting. Once again, I am excellent at my job. Let's just get to kind of a funny one first. And I guess I'll take this one. Because uh, I would imagine you probably don't have that much of a take on this, Miss Oklahoma Go State ahead. Cowgirl. Take it away. Um, CNC Machine at CNC Machine uh, asks. Did David Boren, and that is for everybody outside of Oklahoma that's listening to our podcast, which shout out, thank you guys so much. David Boren was the former uh, president of the University of Oklahoma. Did David Boren build Gryffindor and Hufflepuff on Lindsay Street with the sole intent of killing tailgating? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> yes, that, I used to tailgate on um, off of Lindsay right where those um, dorms are. I love that spot. It was so awesome. It's right across the street from the south um, south end zone. It's such a great view, such a great environment. There's just people everywhere. Everyone's in a good mood. Um, everybody like shares drinks and shares food. It's just great. And then Boren had to take that away because he doesn't want a bunch of people that are having fun that probably aren't as you know well-to-do or as wealthy as, oh, I don't know, people that uh, really, I guess, build the stadium you know with their donor money um, he didn't want all those people running around causing a ruckus so um it is what it is 
we moved our tailgate <laughs> spot. We we lived to tailgate another day, and um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Madison, tailgating. What do you like about it? Everything. I like the food. Um, I like people who are passionate about their sports teams. I like uh, mingling with people and meeting new people. Are you a and... Are you a Jello shots girl? Like when the waitress is walking around or somebody at a tailgate. Um, is offering oh, Jello shots? Are you are you into that? I absolutely tackle her, and I take all the red Jello shots for <laughs> anybody else can get their hands on them. Um, yes, I actually really like Jello well, shots. Well, wait, are are they actually red Jello shots or are they orange? Oh no, they're red. Okay, well, red. we need to we need to confirm that later on, maybe this football season. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, to a serious question, our good friend Ben Noble asks. Um, where do you think the most likely destination will be for Chris Paul and when there are pros and cons to, uh, waiting, uh, but the worst scenario is playing him until December, but he gets injured and then a trade can't happen. Have the thunder hurt their, uh, rebuild by acquiring him. Um, yeah, I mean, good question, obviously. And that's the main question on everybody's mind. So hopefully this helps out for those who are still kind of unclear, um, yeah, I thought going into this week that the best thing for the Thunder to do was to keep Chris Paul going into the season, at least because teams aren't going to, they're not wanting to give up anything, um, to get 34 year old expensive Chris Paul, Chris Paul still helps teams and that make no mistake. He's still good. And he fell off last year, but what he, I think he averaged like 22, 23 points and I can't remember if it was single digit assists still, or if it was like near 10, like he was still a good player. He's still a guy that you put him on. If, if he's on the Lakers, if, if he is somehow on the Lakers, the Lakers are probably a lot of people's favorite to win the NBA finals. Just that with how open the league is, Chris Paul is still that good, but nobody at this point with half the league being untradeable until December, nobody wants to give anything up to Oklahoma City. The Thunder would have to add an asset to get rid of Chris Paul. So for them to just simply get off of his contract, I think is a little silly. So if you can somewhat convince him to, okay, look, just prove that you're you know healthy and that you're still good, your trade value will go up. In the meantime, please be a good mentor to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Be a good professional. We'll do our best to make sure that we put you in a good situation and don't send you to the damn Phoenix Suns. You know, so it's like like uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported yesterday. Um, both sides see the benefits of moving forward this year, um, playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So those are the benefits. Now, yes, if he gets hurt, then you know, so much bad can happen. Um, did the Thunder hurt their uh, their path of rebuilding by acquiring him? No, and that's simply because every time. Sam Presti is, is presented a contract that is untradeable, and that is Victor Lodipo. A few years ago, that was um, Carmelo Anthony last offseason. Uh, Russell Westbrook even. There is, like, Presti always moved off those deals. He was always able to find a deal that benefited that player in some respect and benefited the Thunder. So oh, Sam is not – he's going to wait until there is a deal – either revolving around young players or future draft picks and not just Chris Paul plus a thunder pick to leave. Like, I I don't think that that's in the cards at all. Um, Miami is being reported right now, but every time that you hear um, a team connected to Oklahoma city and a trade, it's hardly ever that damn team, Madison. 
mm-hmm. really hardly ever is. Like Brooklyn a few years ago with uh, Brooke Lopez, and then the Thunder get Ennis Cantor. Uh, even just recently, Miami wanted, or apparently Russell Westbrook wanted to go to Miami. Nope, he went to Houston, <laughs> and then the Thunder, and then the Thunder got some draft picks out of it and some and some pick swaps. So it wasn't just a silly kind of who gives a crap trade. Um, teams that could potentially want Chris Paul. Here's the shame: you could probably like you could look at the the league. There's 30 teams in the NBA. You could look at the league and say they don't need a point guard. They don't need a point guard, and that's a that's. But that's probably more than half the league. Um, one of those teams that could use him is Detroit. But here's the here's what sucks: Blake Griffin hates Chris Paul. <laughs> he hate. They do not like Awkward. each. They don't like each other. Um, Minnesota kind of makes sense, but Chris is still too. I think he's probably too old for their. Like Carl Anthony Towns is their star player, and maybe they want to maximize him in his young prime right now. But I think he's still too old. Then also, I don't really like the return that Minnesota could give Oklahoma city. I, I really don't like it. Um, I will say Madison, I've been giving this some thought for the last few days and it's a little far fetched. What about Milwaukee? And I like, I'll just ask you really quick, like Chris Paul on the bucks. What does that do for you? Um, it's actually not something that had even crossed my head. So this is good. Like good. A, I, I want to be different. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like the idea of it just because there already is some star power on the market, obviously. And so I think, uh, Chris Paul, if that is a place that he can maybe like, I don't know, shake off a little bit of that rust and, uh, really contribute to a team that could be a really good match for him just because Milwaukee, they, they have a lot of good going for them down low, maybe like in the three or the four, or especially the five. Like that's just, that's really good for Milwaukee. That's where they have been uh, very successful. If you have a guy like Chris Paul come in, that really could just round out uh, the starting five on the floor pretty incredibly. Like it really could do something for them. Yeah. It, it makes sense for both sides in, in this respect. Chris Paul would yeah. want Chris Paul would want to be on a title contender. Milwaukee certainly is that. They're probably the favorite out of the East. You pair him with Giannis and Tinakumpo, and that duo. Yes, even Chris Paul at thirty four right now. Like I said, he's still a good player. That duo is right up there with some of the better duos in the league. Um, now, the problem with this is if Milwaukee got desperate and thought, yes, Chris Paul is what puts us over the top. Like, we have a ceiling with this roster for whatever reason. Um, we need a guy like Chris Paul. He puts us over the top. Um, if that's the case, they probably, like, Eric Bledsoe is probably the low man in that deal and probably gets shipped to the Thunder. The Thunder do not want Eric Bledsoe. He's 29 years old. He's about to turn 30, I believe. Um, he's, I think, yeah, he's only a year younger than Russell Westbrook. Um, and he's owed $70 million over the next three years. It, it just, that doesn't match. So like, I, I think probably the best, the best way for the thunder and the, the bucks to make a potential trade. And this is all hypothetical. I was just, I was really trying to think of something different. I haven't, I haven't really heard this, um, hypothesized yet, but like guys like Dante, D, uh, D. Vincenzo, uh, Sterling Brown, maybe they're 20, 21st. Uh, if, if like one of those two and that 2021st that they have, I believe from Indiana, um, if they want to give those up for uh, Chris Paul, that's, that's a good beneficial trade for both sides. So that's, yeah. that's kind of my, 
off the wall, like keep an eye out on that, you know, see how that plays out. But I guarantee you it probably won't happen because I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. You're very intelligent. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of just like my last take on that is that I think they're going to have to be a little bit crafty uh, with where Chris, Chris Paul goes because I know this really isn't a lot of Oklahoma City's concern, but this is a guy, and this is kind of something you said earlier, and I wanted to kind of piggyback off of it. But this is a guy who has had such an incredible career uh, behind him right now that if he went to a team that is just not even a title contender, I feel like his talent and his career would just get lost. And that's just that's kind of a sad thing that happens to big players sometimes. But Chris Paul is still Chris Paul, and he still has made a lot of noise in his past. And so, I don't know, if he went to a team that just – didn't have a lot going for them and I like I'm not gonna just totally name drop some teams right now but Phoenix and like it just it would be weird because he he's a guy that just possesses you know he still possesses a lot of talent yeah he's getting up there in age but I mean he's still Chris Paul he's still a guy that had just a whirlwind of a career and so if he went to a team that just didn't even make postseason that would That'd be freaking weird, y'all. Like, that's just, that's not really something that you, you want to see happen to a guy in his career like Chris Paul. Yeah, so again, it makes sense for both sides, but unfortunately, I don't think, A, it's going to happen, and B, if it did happen, uh, Milwaukee would probably want to give up Eric Bledsoe. So maybe there's like another three-team trade out there, but and you can ship Eric Bledsoe elsewhere, and the Thunder just get off of Chris Paul, and then they can just start the tank and hit the reset button quickly by losing a very talented player in Chris Paul, which makes your team worse. But, um, yeah, that's, I think, yeah, I actually had notes for that, and I think I covered everything. And, again, um, the reason why, outside of the the obvious benefits of um, having Chris Paul there to, in theory, be able to help the team be competitive and help mentor a young player in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, um you, you play him into the season because, like I said, front offices aren't desperate right now, but there might be some team that starts off, you know, like 8-12, and 12, like the Thunder did two years ago, where they start off 8-12 and 12 and they really feel like, we need something. We need a shot in the arm. Um, okay, Chris Paul. Whereas now, that front office won't want to give anything up. Maybe if some team starts off 8-12 and 12 or something like that, then they're probably more. Uh, there's more incentive for them to give something up to get Chris Paul because they're more desperate. So that's that's obviously the thought process for the Thunder. I believe moving forward, um, Dirt Burglars, our good friend Dirt Burglars, um, if CP3 isn't able to be unloaded before the season, does the plan change and an attempt at the playoffs ensue, or do they load manage enough to be in the lottery? Um, I mean, yeah, Chris. He's not. He's probably not here the entire season, like we said. I, I guess we. Um, sorry, DB. I think we uh, probably answered your question in here, but at least we read it. Um, I mean, Madison, I'll, I'll ask you this: are, are the Thunder? Let's just pretend that Chris Paul, every Danilo Gallinari, they're here for the entire year, um, and nobody gets hurt, which is a miracle. Um, it, are the Thunder a playoff team? And I want you to remember how good everybody got around the Thunder and above the Thunder, and even teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. Sacramento, they're going to be better. Dallas, they just added Kristaps Porzingis, a healthy Kristaps Porzingis, to a second-year Luka Doncic. Um, They added some okay pieces on the bench, like in Seth Curry. So a lot of these teams got better than the Thunder. So, I mean, 
as currently constructed, are they a playoff team? There's an easy answer to this. No. <laughs> exactly. There. Honestly, I, I so I wanted to think about that just because I'm trying to see if there is a possible way this team could like really shock people. But no, I, I just, I don't think it is. And I think, I, I don't want to like automatically assume that the organization is just fine and dandy with this being a rebuilding year because they're not, no one's going to be like that. And so it's just, it's kind of weird thinking about the Thunder not even making postseason and all of the superstars leaving and, uh, just everything being completely different. Like, I'm not even like, okay, so, Brady, you know V, right? One of the girls that yeah. uh, is with the video crew. Shout out V. Shout out V. She's so awesome. So she came into my work today, and she was just like, well, what do you think about all this? And I was like, dude, I don't even know who's on the roster right now. Like, I'm having to learn all these new names, like, look up new people, uh, pay more attention to, like, all these people's past careers, like, I don't even understand what's going on right now, and I'm a little surprised by all of it. And she's like, I'm just going to tell you one thing right now. It's going to be a hell of a year. And that's all she said. And I was like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And she kind of just gave me this look. And so I have no idea what to expect out of this team right now. No, I don't look at this roster and say, oh, yeah, this is a second rounder for sure. Like, no, I, I find this team to be either incredibly frustrating this year um, or just a team that people are like, yeah, well, we expected this. This sucks. Yeah, we'll try again next season. You, no, like if the Thunder have to keep Chris Paul until the trade deadline, so February, so that would mean that they play a little bit more than half their season with Chris Paul, and assuming everybody's healthy, the team is it, it's it's fairly talented. It's it's really it's much more talented when you remember. Um, oh, the Thunder had to trade Paul and Russ. Like, surely when that happened, when a team has, when a small market team has to get rid of their two stars, they're probably left with nothing, right? Well, no, like, there is still talent on this team. I think it puts the Thunder right in that sweet spot where they probably want to be, which is they don't want to be terrible. They don't want to be just god awful. And they're in the Western Conference, so even if you win 35, 36, 37 games, you're still fairly good. I mean, Sacramento right. Sacramento won 39 games or so last year. They were a tough out for about everybody they played. Nobody really wanted to play them towards the end of the year. And if they had gotten into the um, playoffs, they would have presented uh, Golden State a problem because of the way they play and how um, um, athletic and fast they all were. Um I think that's where the Thunder want to be. They want to be competitive. They want to keep the fan base engaged, but they don't want to make the playoffs because I mean, I think, and I should have wrote this down their own, their first round pick, like the Thunder's first round pick, not somebody else's that they traded for. Um, their first round pick is top 20 protected. So they want, they don't want to be in the playoffs because that that's a guaranteed good pick if they can keep it. So um, the Thunder don't want to be in the playoffs. I don't think they are a playoff team anyway because the West is just so damn good. But yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on quickly to some other questions. And uh, I'm sorry, Madison. This is a summer league question. You were off having fun. I was off working, so I, I'll take this one. This one's from uh, Thunder underscore Dad on Twitter. Uh, your thoughts on Lou Dort? Um, CP3 fit. Okay, there are some actually some thunder questions. Uh, Chris Paul's fit with Shea, uh, Schroeder staying, Adams staying. Um, Adams is probably staying, right, Madison? Um, I would 
would say so because I feel like something would have happened by now. But honestly, guys, I'm not going to be shocked if something happens with Stephen Adams where he's moved also just because so much is going on right now. And I truly don't believe the Thunder are finished. So, um, well, that's yeah, interesting. I, it's kind of an up in the air thing, but I'm not totally confident that he's here for the whole season. No, that's that's uh, that's interesting. I, Chisholm and I were talking about it on Tuesday. Um, Steven, I don't really view him as overpaid anymore. Um, he's overpaid when your when your team has stars and you're strapped. And one of the main reasons why you're because you're you have to pay your stars. There, there's no getting around that. You can't ask them to take pay cuts. But when the reasons that you're financially strapped is your center, your one-way center who can't spread the floor and really can't play an entire regular season because he, he gets hurt and he's unplayable in the postseason because of small ball, um, when he's getting $25 million a year, it, it's overpay. But I think now, I think the Thunder probably value him just because like he, he's kind of a face of the franchise right now. He's he's a, he's a face that the fan base can connect to because he's been here for so long. And because, you know, Steven's a charming guy and the, the fans have adored him since he's been, since he was drafted by the thunder back in 2013. Um, and then also don't you want guys like Shea Gilgis, Alexander and Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, Deontay Burton, and then the eighth graders that the <laughs> thunder will draft in the next five to six years. Um, don't you want those young guys to watch and learn from Steven Adams? Because he, he's a guy who doesn't care about his numbers. He's a guy who doesn't care about really touching the ball that much. He's just a guy who wants to win, um, who does all the little, all the cliche things. He does all the little things, things that don't show up in the box score. He just wants to win. I would assume that the Thunder would value that greatly. And they, they just want him to be a culture trendsetter, I would assume. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel like, okay, there, there's a point in this whole rebuilding thing where you have to keep around some original assets because you can't just bring in, and I'm not a professional at this, so I may be totally off the rocks talking about this right now, but you can't bring in a whole new set of guys, have them maybe work together for... I don't know, a month or a couple of weeks and expect them to be a title contender. It just, it doesn't work that way. They don't have guys who have been there and know the ropes of Oklahoma city and the thunder basketball way and all that good stuff. Like you don't have anyone there that's kind of leading and showing you, you know, just like leadership qualities and setting an an example for these guys to look up to who are coming into Oklahoma city and are brand new. Like, especially with a bunch of these guys, like, what they've only been in the league for maybe one or two years. So they're still pretty new at this. They're still getting their feet wet. They're still kind of breaking through some barriers, learning their bodies and learning their abilities. And so if you have a team that's just full of completely new people, that's not exactly, (laughs) I don't, that's just doesn't seem like a very smart strategy for me. If you're trying to create a team that's going to be dynamic and that's going to, uh, make the postseason and get out of the first round like that's just that's not how you do it and so I completely agree Stephen Adams has charmed his way through Oklahoma City he loves playing basketball here he's made that known he just loves playing the game and so he is a great person to keep around if you want these new guys to come in and see someone who really represents Oklahoma City basketball and that's where they take after and so rebuilding a team shouldn't just be about getting rid of everybody and bringing in all new people it should be about 
bringing in some new assets, bringing in some new talents, but also having some other guys that have been there and know just the ins and outs of Thunder basketball. And so that's what I think Steven Adams is right now. And that's why, I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he went. That's, I don't think it's the smartest thing to completely get rid of your entire roster and rebuild that way. Yeah, and I guess to those that are saying uh, or asking, well, what if Steven Adams doesn't want to be a part of a rebuilding process? What if he wants to win too? Um, you'd be hard pressed, Steven, to find teams that would probably want to pay that much money because again, like he's overpaid on contenders, unless those contenders are fully rostered with stars, high-end role players, uh, sharp shooting wing defenders. Um, those teams probably don't have the cap space for Steven. Um, right. and then also the Thunder. I don't know. Steven could very well not want to be a part of a rebuilding process. But again, he's probably going to be highly valued with Oklahoma City moving forward. So I just don't know if Steven can get that type of money or if teams are going to be willing to trade with the Thunder. Unless Steven Adams just turns into a complete nutter diva and causes such a stink that Presti has to get rid of him for nothing almost then okay i guess that's a scenario but uh really quick to answer the first part of the question lou dort uh he's a really good athlete he is a very good athlete he's a bulldog he's a try hard guy um he's everything you want in a two-way player um a two-way contract with the thunder and oklahoma city has quite a good history with some of their two-way players most recently with uh deontay burton um but the thing with him is he is an absolute project, but he's everything that you want in a project because he's so athletically gifted. Um, he is young. He was a, he only played his freshman year last year at Arizona state. Um, he impressed me a handful of times at summer league. Like there were times where I was like, Oh wow, Lou Dort, he's doing something cool. Um, but the thing with him is, uh, every time he shot his jumper looked completely different. So it's going to be, it's going to be a process. And with him on a two way deal, if he, the light bulb comes on um, and the Thunderstrike gold, then yeah, good. It's going to be a good situation. Um, yeah, so there's there's that on Lou Dort, and I guess I'll get the other um, summer league question out of the way, which really quick, Masson, did you ever get a chance to see any Darius Baisley highlights? Um, I watched one video on Twitter, and I forgot who posted it, but it was, uh, mainly a lot, uh, I think it was like older video. So I, I mean, obviously he is not, not young anymore and he has grown a little bit. I didn't get to watch any of the summer league games, unfortunately, because my, uh, cable here in Oklahoma city did not get them. Uh, so that was kind of annoying, but, um, yeah, no, I, I'm going to, I just, I'm not entirely familiar with his shot and his game and just the way he plays. So no, nah, I, I don't have a lot of familiarity right now. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, the thing with Baisley, uh, and this question comes from Julius Reck and he asks, uh, while Darius Baisley fancies himself a playmaker first, do you think he possesses the tools to possibly average 20 points per game? Thing with Baisley, it's way too early to tell. It is way too early to tell. He did not. He did not play basketball last year. In co- he didn't. He f- didn't play in college. He didn't even go international. He interned with New Balance. So the three games I got to see in person of him playing are all that we that I got to see. And then of course everybody else got to watch on TV the other two games that I wasn't there for. Um, he has the tools to be a good player. He was highly thought of out of high school. He was a McDonald's All American. 
he's got, which means he's got the skills. And he impressed the hell out of me in summer league. He has great vision. He looks very comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's got a nice shot. It's not janky by any means. It looks kind of weird because he's left-handed, but if you get past that, it just looks like a nice, fluid, confident jump shot that does need some work, but please show me a kid out of high school that doesn't need help on his jump shot one way or another. Um, it, it's just way too early to tell. And the thing about his um, his ability, like the way that he impressed me in summer league, maybe it's because he's he's just quite impressive and he will become a guy that can score 20 points per game later on in his career. Or maybe it's because I went into summer league with no expectations for him because he didn't play. So um, who knows what, like we will see. And the thing with Darius is he's going to get plenty of opportunity this year um, with Billy Donovan, with the thunder, the thunder have some job openings moving forward. Um, Yeah. Let me see. I think. Oh, oh, really quick. Julius also had one more um, one more question. Do you feel it would be advantageous to keep Andre Robertson around to serve as a sense of defense for the young squad? Robertson's an expiring deal, um, so I think he can help. Um, if he's able to play again, which is still kind of up in the air at this point, um, because of his injury history and because he missed so much time, the Thunder might be able to keep him if he wants to stay. But Robertson, if he's able to come back and be the same type of defender that he was, he's a guy that helps out contenders and would probably be wanted on other teams depending on matchups. So it it, it really doesn't matter. They can move him this year for a salary dump or they could keep him and he he benefits the Thunder in both ways. Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I I mean, that kind of sounded like I was about to disagree with you. I swear I'm not. Um... (laughs) I, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm kind of eager to see some of these new guys. I'm not familiar with a lot of their games. Obviously, I'm not familiar with Darius Baisley's yet, but, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of say, like, oh, it's it's summer league, it's not super telling of a guy, but, I mean, if a guy's going to go out and really make a lot of noise, like, their first time playing with their team, I mean, I think that's pretty telling of something, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep it short and sweet and just say I'm I'm pretty excited to see what this kid can bring. I think a lot of people were pretty disappointed with this pick at first, but, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's young. He seems energetic. He seems really excited to play for the Thunder organization, and I think <laughs> this is just me being like, oh, I'm so happy they're happy to be here, but... I mean, you you want a guy who's excited to play for the Thunder and excited to be in Oklahoma City and excited to contribute to a team. Like, you want people like that on the team, and it's going to show when they cross over to the court and they play. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't get to see a lot of Summer League, but I'm pretty eager to see how it goes just mm-hmm. throughout the season and when all the energy breaks loose. Boom. And as the uh, outro music is playing... Uh, which I'll put in in post-mass, and don't worry, I don't actually hear music. (laughs) Um, But as the outro music plays, um, I will finish off this last question from, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, ayount underscore 15 on Twitter. Uh, Besides CP3, who is the most likely player that could be moved? Um, The easy answer is Danilo Gallinari, and then depending on what the Thunder decide to do, I mean, Dennis Schroeder doesn't really make a lot of sense moving forward because does he want to back up somebody? Does he want to back up a young player in Shea Gilgis-Alexander? He wants to start. Like, he had no problem coming off the bench for Russell Westbrook, but, yeah. The outro music is still playing, Madison, so really quick, <laughs> I'm so glad you're back in Oklahoma. I'm glad you had Thank a you. good I'm glad you had a good time. 
and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday morning, bright and early. Heck yes, we are going to have an awesome show on Saturday. I'm happy to be back. Uh, Jerry openly admitted he did not miss me that much uh, this past Saturday. That's a lie. Well, who cares? So, like, who cares? I'm back. Who cares about the thoughts of the elderly? <laughs> Just kidding. But yes, I'm excited <laughs> to be back. Awesome. Well, everybody... Thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Thank you to Miss Madison Morris for jumping on late. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening once again. We'll see you guys on Saturday. So y'all have a good one.